0: Welcome to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine nutrition research digested for you. Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Alltech, providing you proven specialty ingredients to maximize pig health, sustainability, and profitability. Novus International, Inc., a leader in swine nutrition solutions driven by science. DSM Animal Nutrition and Health is shaping the future of piglet care. Fibro Animal Health Corporation. Healthy animals, healthy food, healthy world. Healthy Farms by Bioverse, your manure management experts. Contact us for time and labor-saving solutions. I'm your host,
1: Clayton Chastain, and today we have with us Bo Williams, returning for another episode. He's currently a Ph.D. student at Kansas State University. So, Bo, would you mind refreshing the audience a little bit about yourself and your background?
2: Yep. So, uh, I'm Bo Williams. I'm originally from Iowa Falls, Iowa. I did my undergrad at Iowa State University, majoring in animal science, and then came down to Kansas State for my master's um, and in the last uh, year of my PhD currently right now with the group here at K-State.
1: Gotcha. So, let's talk a little bit about the recent research that you've done. Um, I was looking at this paper with Uh, bone mineralization methods on phytase, phosphorus, and different vitamin D levels. Would you mind telling us a little bit about that study?
2: Yeah, so this study came about um, a little over a year ago when the Minnesota Port Board uh, asked for uh, a grant to look at lameness in pigs, and uh, our group uh, put a grant together, and what we really wanted to do was kind of break it up into three smaller um, studies all within one Um, And this one that we're gonna talk about today uh, is in the nursery phase. So what we did was we fed a broad range of diets with different levels of phosphorus being uh, well deficient all the way up to what we considered industry levels of phosphorus, but those were about 125% of what the NRC requirement was. And then different levels of vitamin D, uh, we fed a diet with no vitamin D in the diet or in the premix at all. Um, and then fed uh, high D in one of the treatments where it was um, a little over two times what the NRC requirement is for vitamin D in this stage of production. And then we wanted to look at uh, phytase in there as well. So hitting our phosphorus requirement with just monocal in the diet or using phytase, um, which is typically used in the industry to meet our phosphorus um, requirements for the different levels. And then we wanted to Uh, feed these pigs for 28 days in that um, later nursery period, and then collect uh, bones, urine, and blood from uh, 50 pigs uh, for the study. And the bones that we uh, collected were the metacarpals, fibulas, second ribs, and tenth ribs. Um, We would have collected the left and right from each pig. So eight bones per pig uh, came out to about 400 bones for this study. We wanted to analyze each bone uh, for different measurements of bone mineralization, whether that being uh, bone density using the Archimedes principle, so looking at displacement of water within that bone, Uh, bone ash uh, doing the non-defat and defatted method, Uh, bone breaking strength, Uh, histopathology uh, up at Iowa State, um, looking at uh, the growth plates of the second ribs, tenth ribs, and fibulas, um, as well as looking at uh, DEXA scans, so bone mineral content and bone mineral density um, using a dual x-ray system uh, up at Iowa State as well. So a lot of measurements that we wanted to do on each individual bone um, so we could uh, kind of get reference values of what, what should these values be for each, each bone within each uh, measurement that we did.
1: Gotcha. So I was looking through um, some of the results and I saw uh, there was like two of the different analysis methods you used was like the, the fat or defatted bone density as well as non-defatted bone density. So what do those two analysis show us? Are Is one like more accurate than the other or what are they, How how is each more helpful? Yep. So uh,
2: bone ash has kind of been the gold standard for measuring uh, bone mineralization in bones. A lot of the phytase studies we do, um, uh, any work that we do with bones, or if you send it to a diagnostic lab, they're more than likely going to do bone ash because it's, it's kind of the gold standard currently of measuring bone mineralization uh, in pigs. And we had a, our group did a paper a couple years ago. Maddie Winsley did where she compared looking at non-defat bone ash and defatted bone ash on both nursery and finisher pigs and both of them are good at finding differences in phosphorus between treatments Um, but when you get into bigger pigs with finishing pigs it's more accurate to do uh, the defatted bone ash because you're getting rid of all the fat within the bone so you're kind of standardizing all the bones on just the bone mineralization rather than trying not to compare um, if one pig was, uh, had more fat within the bone compared to another. So it kind of standardizes the bones across when you do the defatted, uh, the one thing with bone ash is it, it does take a while to get an answer or a, a value for that bone ash, uh, for a uh, non defatted, um, you put it in a drying oven for seven days, take it out and then muffle furnace for 24 hours. So a minimum of eight days to get that result. For defatted, you put it in a Soxhlet machine uh, with ether. Um, it extracts all that tissue and fat from that bone. You set it in there for seven days and then seven days in a drying oven and then 24 hours in a muffle furnace after that. So you're looking at a minimum of just over two weeks to get your result, but it is more accurate when looking at defatted um, bone ash. And what was interesting with this study was kind of comparing with diagnostic labs of so if I send a bone in, how is it going to be analyzed? Because usually when we get that diagnostic report back, we get a value of, okay, this bone had 45% bone ash. Well, was that non-defatted, defatted? uh what bone was used? Um, because when comparing a non-defatted and defatted, uh, since we had the left and right bones of each pig, I could simply compare, okay, if I take the left metacarpal and compare it to the right metacarpal, they're essentially the same bone, just on different sides of the pig. If I defat one and non-defat the other, um, the defatted is going to be 10 to 12% higher than the non-defatted on the exact same bone. So if I'm getting a value back from a diagnostic lab and it just says, you know, 45%, well, was that defatted? Was it non-defatted? If it's non-defatted, then that pig was probably adequate in phosphorus and Uh, calcium and vitamin D, you know, but if I get it defatted and it's 45%, well, that pig was probably deficient, but I don't know that based on just the value that I'm getting back from the diagnostic lab. So a lot of this work is kind of, we're trying to standardize and get a lot of the diagnostic labs to say, okay, these are the procedures we will use. Here's reference values that we're going to use for each bone that is sent in. So we can kind of more standardize it across um, the diagnostic labs.
0: Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Eastman Animal Nutrition. Visit EASTMAN.com. Heat stress can start at temps as low as 75 degrees. Combat heat stress with Chemtrace chromium. Visit chemin forward slash swine heat stress today. Purina Animal Nutrition where R&D meets ROI. Life Start Swine, facilitated by Trow Nutrition, distilled science and real world advice for better on-farm decisions.
1: Gotcha. So like the point of the study, we were talking a little bit before, and you kind of mentioned that like the point of the study wasn't about um, trying to redefine a new NRC recommendation or saying this genetics needs X amount of phosphorus or vitamin D. But yeah, like you said, to just kind of get more info then on when you get these bone reports back. So it's like what that number really tells you. And that's why you're feeding these different uh, levels. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. So we, we, we just fed the level. So we fed deficient was 55% of the NRC requirement. And then we fed up to 125%. And we really did that so we could have a very deficient and a uh, treatment that was, Adequate or even above adequate in phosphorus, so we could find those differences um, between uh, the different methods used to analyze the bones. Gotcha.
1: And do you plan on doing, um, you or your team um, plan on doing any more uh, research in this field and trying to get more detailed responses out of these? Yeah, so
2: we also did this exact same study um, in Finisher, so feeding it from 80 to 80 pounds to market, um, analyzed the exact same results. And then we also did it. Um, we had, I went out into the industry with 15 production systems, collected uh, just under 3,000 bones uh, from about 200 pigs and analyzed each bone individually the exact same way. So we could have a almost a snapshot of here's what we saw in a controlled nursery study and a controlled finisher study. Now, here's what we're seeing across the US and the swine industry. Um, with those results as well so um, it's a lot of bones it's been a lot of work Um, in the last uh, year I actually just um, finished up that data here in the next week Um, so can start to distribute some of that data out as um, a reference to the different systems so they can see okay here's how I rank within uh, the industry here's what the reference values are at the diagnostic lab um and then with that we also have you know their diet so i fed these levels of phosphorus calcium vitamin d so then they can reference back and say well you know i fed these levels of phosphorus and i saw this bone ash percent for these pigs someone else fed these levels how how was all that correlated so it should be a lot of really interesting data coming out of that and i know there's a lot of people in the industry that are pretty eager to see that data and have me finish that up so
0: DSM can help you prepare, protect, and support resilience in your piglets, providing local swine expertise and complete, tailor-made solutions to help you achieve your vision. DSM Animal Nutrition and Health is shaping the future of pig care. What's next to move your business forward? Purina's team of pork industry professionals can help you find solutions that work as well in the barn as they do in the research lab. Let's find a solution together to get the results you need today and in the future. Yeah, Yeah, that sounds interesting, but I'm sure you're tired of uh, doing so much bone analysis
1: at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show um, and sharing all that with us.
2: Yep. No, that's good. Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. And to everyone else, thank you for listening to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt podcast. Please visit us at swinenutritionblackbelt.com and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel so you won't miss out on the next episode. See you next week. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we are constantly on the lookout for the latest updates in swine nutrition. And if you have a swine nutrition related research trial that you would be able to share on our podcast, please send an email to nutritionblackbelt at and we would love to talk about your research. See you later.